Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Vanilla Ice, Hard to Swallow, from 1998. Let's kick it. Alright, stop. Collaborate and listen. I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon. Ice Ice Baby was a huge breakthrough single for Robert Van Winkle, better known as Vanilla Ice. It was the first ever hip-hop song to go to number one on the Billboard Hot 100. In addition to the U.S., the song went to number one in Australia, Ireland, Belgium, New Zealand, the Netherlands, the U.K., and Zimbabwe. Not bad for a B-side. Yeah, Ice Ice Baby was initially released by Ichiban Records as the B-side to Vanilla Ice's Play That Funky Music. Play That Funky Music was what had gotten Vanilla Ice signed to the small Atlanta label Chiban Records. They released his debut album, Hooked, in 1989. When the label released Play That Funky Music as the first single, it failed to catch on. But when a radio DJ in Georgia played the B-side, Ice Ice Baby, it quickly found an audience. Other radio stations followed suit. This led to Vanilla Ice signing a new record deal, now with SBK Records. The new label reworked the album and re-released it under the title To the Extreme. And then Ice Ice Baby got a proper single release. By November of 1990, To the Extreme would go to number one on the Billboard 200, a position it would keep for 16 weeks. It was the fastest-selling hip-hop record of all time, eventually selling 11 million copies. Vanilla Ice was everywhere. He appeared on SNL, he wrote an autobiography, Vanilla Ice dolls were sold, there was even a board game called Vanilla Ice Electronic Rap Game. It seemed like he was on top of the world. But at the same time, things were beginning to crumble. Reporters in Dallas and Miami started investigating claims that were made in Vanilla Ice's bio. Claims of attending an all-black high school with two live crews Luther Campbell, being a motocross champion, and being from the streets of Miami. These things weren't true, and the news spread quickly. In a December 1990 interview with Dennis Hunt for the LA Times, Vanilla Ice said, quote, I was trying to protect my privacy. I didn't want people to find out who I was. I twisted a couple of things in the bio so people couldn't look me up. I was a bad kid growing up, always in trouble. My background is worse than what I've said. I went to five different high schools. We had to move around because I was always getting into trouble. I'm supposed to be a role model for kids now. I didn't want people to find out who I really was. And I also didn't want my mother to be bothered by the media. But I didn't count on this record getting so big and my life being in the national spotlight. End quote. On January 28, 1991, the American Music Awards were held at the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles. Vanilla Ice would perform Ice Ice Baby, 
and he was also nominated for the favorite new pop rock artist. The winner is Vanilla Ice. Oh, yeah. Tommy, where you at, man? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to thank uh, my manager here, Tommy Kwan, SBK Records, everybody, and uh, word to your mother and the people who try to hold me down and talk bad about me, kiss my white butt. Word to your mother. The following night, he appeared on the Arsenio Hall Show where Arsenio asked him to expound on his statement. Well, I just basically said it because, you know, the people who said I never could make it, that I would never amount to SHI, you know, the rest. And, yeah. and, and uh, you know, that, that never, you know, said, you know, white boy can't make it in rap music. I, you know, kiss my white, you know, the rest. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, ha, right in your face, you know. <laughs> so this is a, a, a white rapper being suppressed kind of uh, revenge. <laughs> Arsenio would then go on to ask him about the press accusing him of lying about his background. Ever since my record went number one, everybody's got it, you know, I'm a prime suspect to be picked on. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're picking on me. I mean, that's all there is to it. I had to, uh, on, on, you know, pull my pants down on... on, on uh, you didn't have to. I had to, to, make, <laughs> to prove that I'm not a liar for something I'm not even proud about, getting stabbed. I did get stabbed five times. I almost died. Something I'm not proud about. I, I am from the streets. And if you can't see that I'm, I'm, I'm from the streets, then you're blind. Because the majority of white people, you know, cannot dance. And they, they don't have much rhythm, you know? Things were slipping for Vanilla Ice. His next move led to people calling him a sellout. Ninja! 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 Rock and roll! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. The Secret of the Ooze. Don't forget, we're turtles! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, was released in theaters on March 22, 1991. It would be the 13th highest grossing film of the year, but it received mixed reviews, often criticized for having a much lighter tone than the previous film. Vanilla Ice not only recorded ninja rap for its soundtrack, but he also performs the song in the film. I'll cover ninja rap later this week for an episode of Bizarre Singles over on Patreon, so if you want to hear that, become a patron at patreon.com slash bizarrealbums. But The Secret of the Ooze would not be Vanilla Ice's only movie appearance in 1991. When you meet a girl with a cold, cold heart... Yep, yep, she likes to know each other. There's only one way to melt it. Drop that zero and get with the hero. Just add ice. Sometimes I'd like to do something really wild just because I never have. Vanilla ice. Homeboy, this. You ain't true to yourself. You make me feel special. You ain't true to nobody. Cool as ice. Ready PG. Cool as ice was released in theaters on October 18th, 1991. IMDb's synopsis of the film reads... A rapper gets stuck in a small town and falls for a local girl whose family is in the witness protection program. The film received overwhelmingly negative reviews and was a box office bomb, pulled from the theaters just three weeks after being released. Hey, you. I just want to take a second to tell you about an awesome podcast called The Sloppy Boys from my pals Jeff Dutton, Tim Kalpakis, and Mike Hanford, who are also in a kick-ass party rock band, also called The Sloppy Boys. What's their show about? Well, it's a podcast about cocktails. Each week, they drink and discuss a cocktail recognized by the International Bartenders Association. 
drinks like Tequila Sunrise, White Russian, Cosmopolitan, Mint Julep. They also have a great Patreon where patrons, as they call them, get access to the Sloppy Boys Blowout, a weekly bonus episode where the guys talk about music, movies, TV shows, or honestly, anything they damn well please. And you don't have to be a drinker to enjoy it. They're just having fun, and you'll have a blast listening. So check it out for a funny, boozy, wild time. The Sloppy Boys podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you get podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Quickly forgetting about movies, Vanilla Ice would return with a new album three years later. Mind Blowin' was released on March 22, 1994. It was a new look and a new direction for Vanilla Ice. It was a harder sound, trying to fit in more with the gangster rap scene that had now come to the mainstream. He'd grown dreadlocks, and many of his songs were now about smoking marijuana. The album was a bomb with both critics and audiences. After the massive success of To the Extreme, Mind Blowing would only sell around 42,000 copies in the United States. After the failure of Mind Blowing, he took some time away from music. He was depressed. He'd gotten into heavier drugs, even ODing in July of 1994. After that, he was determined to turn his life around. And by the time he would return to music, things had changed. Though hip-hop was still wildly popular, a new trend had also emerged. Bands like 311, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Rage Against the Machine were combining heavy rock music with rap. And this was something that interested Vanilla Ice. In 1996, Monty Lipman, who had worked at SBK Records during Vanilla Ice's massive success, thought that Vanilla Ice's name still meant something, and he signed him to a new deal with Universal Republic Records. In addition to the rap rock sound that had become popular, new metal was also emerging with artists like Deftones, Korn, and Limp Bizkit. Several of these bands had one thing in common. Producer Ross Robinson. Robinson had produced all three of those bands' debut albums. Monty Lippman had an idea and approached Robinson about it. Here's Lippman and Robinson on VH1's Behind the Music. I said, I need you just to kind of open the, you know, expand your mind for a moment, you know, because I'm going to come at you with something that you are going to think is the most ridiculous thing in the world. I started laughing, like hysterically, thinking it was a joke. But he wasn't joking. And Robinson said yes to making a Vanilla Ice new metal album. So... On October 20th, 1998, Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice 
was released on Republic Records. Ours goes ding, 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 that little bitty chain. It's not the same. The album begins with living. This album featured much more personal lyrics than previous Vanilla Ice albums. In 1999, he told CNN that the album, quote, wasn't intended to be so dark. I opened up to Ross and I told him about a lot of things that happened to me in the past. It was like really deep conversation. And he was like, you should write about that. And I was like, dude, I didn't want people to judge me for that. But he was right. It was like total therapy, end quote. Reality sucks, too much pain I can't explain why I want a blast brain Still I see it on the other side Got a new baby, wanna stay alive Give what I give when I give what I got Make it worthwhile cause I got another shot Broken families, they always got pain I break the team, refuse to be the same Mother, did as good as you could After all the abuse, I still understood Three times divorced and three times a kid Gave us more love than a father ever did Now we've all grown and moved along I tried to forget how my brother did me wrong Fuck Me is another personal song about his To The Extreme days. In a 1999 interview with Iowa State Daily, he said, quote, I wrote Fuck Me because I know how I've been perceived. I can look back at the whole Vanilla Ice thing, and it was way played out. It was just an image thing. I was always real to the music. End quote. Fuck Me also features vocals from California hardcore punk band Amen's frontman, Casey Chaos. For zigzag stories, he opens up about his drug problem. Had a zigzag story just the other day. I rolled a fat button, yo, it went this way. I took a puff, uh-huh. and what did I see? These motherfuckers still want the ICE to blaze up a sack of that green Bombay. And when I reach my peak, I explode like Dante. The Dante has got my mind wide open. I'm soaking in the music. I use it and don't abuse it. Up next is Too Cold. The song is actually a new, heavy version of Ice Ice Baby. It was originally intended to be either a hidden track or a B-side, but not only did it end up on the album, it was the lead single. In the Iowa State Daily interview, he was asked why he made the new version. He said, quote, I wanted to let people know that I'm not running from anything. This is me. This is what I'm about. I think the music speaks for itself. If the music was whack... Nobody'd even care to hear anything about No Vanilla Ice, end quote. The song did receive some airplay and was a hit in some markets, but it never charted on Billboard. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Ice, 
album's other single was Snafu. The song features vocals from the Bloodhound Gang's singer, Jimmy Pop Ali. He was perhaps returning the favor as Vanilla Ice, under his real name Robert Van Winkle, had done guest vocals on the Bloodhound Gang's song Boom back in 1996. Here's a little bit of Snafu. On MTV's 1515 in 1998, Vanilla Ice spoke about producer Ross Robinson. I said, you ever heard of Corn and Limp Biscuit and uh, I think Sepultura and Deftones? And I'm like, not really. I mean, I, I kind of heard the names, but I, don't, I couldn't tell you any of the songs. You know, anyway, he sends me a CD and I'm like, yes. He may not have known about those bands before the album, but Hard to Swallow was packed full of musicians from the new metal scene. The album features Puddle of Mud bassist Doug Ardito, future Godsmack drummer Shannon Larkin, snot guitarist Sonny Mayo, and keyboards from Scott Borland, who's the brother of Limp Bizkit guitarist Wes Borland. Prior to the album's release, in a 1998 interview with the AV Club, Vanilla Ice claimed the record was a collaboration with Korn and would also feature Lenny Kravitz. None of those things happened, and I'm not sure if those are things that fell apart or if this is another case of Vanilla Ice stretching the truth. The album's closer is Freestyle, which features vocals from Psycho from the LA hip hop group Insane Poetry. Despite a big label, a successful producer, and publicity from the mainstream, Hard to Swallow failed to make an impact. Neither the album nor its two singles ever charted. It was also received poorly by critics. As rough as the critics were, they were more kind than they were back in 1991 when Vanilla Ice had released a live album called Extremely Live. For that, Entertainment Weekly reviewer David Brown had called it one of the most ridiculous albums ever released and compared it to the best of Marcel Marceau. Yes, the famous mime once released an album, but that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. <laughs>